we can talk about what we do um, because a lot of people see a brand and uh, our brand is knives obviously but like we don't we don't always talk about that we're the manufacturer 100 percent end to end um, which is not a given in the knife space Mm -hmm. Um, so that we can talk about i'll try to talk friendly but if i start cussing about logistics companies that masquerade i fucking hate the post office so yeah don't even get us started on the post office right now you don't want to know no oh yeah dude (laughs) you don't want to know there's like bags of mail missing ignorance is bliss yeah oh jesus yeah and we just sent uh you know about fifty thousand dollars worth of inventory across the country to get processed on for coatings and every time I think about it, I'm just like, I gotta go. I can't think about yeah what's in the mail right now. It's just not not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not healthy. No, no. Yeah, so. it's it's not a fun fun time. Otherwise, wherever you guys want to go, we can and, talk. and you can find your knives in any normal gas station, Seven Eleven. Yeah, yeah. So on the counter sheets. Yeah. We hate Wawa, so if you're no. a northeastern, <laughs> screw that. Bucky's carries our entire line. Though, okay. yeah. So. They're always in stock there. They're always, always in stock mm-hmm. at Bucky's. That's yeah. fantastic because I love me some gas station knives, man. Who doesn't like That's them? where the obsession started. But I am, once again, a disclaimer, I am not a knife guy. Anyway, I think we can roll it, roll it in if you would like to. Yeah. So welcome to the Big Tech Sword podcast. We appreciate you listening, watching, however you're consuming this piece of content. Um I'm Ike. Y'all probably already knew that, hopefully. We got Ian. Uh, we got Chris. And then today, we're d- joined with the Dauntless crew. So, yeah. guys, thank y'all so much for coming up. Yeah, it's um, a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. No, we're we're really excited to be able to sit down and, like, you know, pick your brains about some stuff in the knife world. Like, I've been following y'all for a minute or two now, and seems like y'all are doing some good stuff. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Working hard. Happy to be here. Happy to talk. So y'all, like all my y'all are knife size. guys, right? I mean, I, yeah, I right. take it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're knife guys. Uh, I guess we'll give a real quick background. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I are machinists. Oh, yeah, I guess I could have. Yeah. They have names, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Zach. Yeah, so we got Zach, we got Chris uh, from Dauntless. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess we could start with a little introduction. 1983, you were born. 84. Oh, close. Oh. <laughs> Do I look older than I am? I don't know. You got a little bit. The beard is hard. It's, the beard can beard be very deceiving. Yeah. I, you I know? turn forty this year. I will turn forty. Oh, happy year, birthday! So. Early. A little early. Yeah, it's a bit early. Uh, yeah. So, like November twenty third or twenty seventh. What really? Oh, <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> they're Why are you guys trying you? to? In your blood type is <laughs> AB positive. <laughs> what uh, do we do? Go the, around with that? <laughs> 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 podcast turned dark. <laughs> this is a knife gun podcast where we guess each other's PII. You know? <laughs> oh man! All right, yeah. So, so anyway, so. yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. Oh yeah, Chris and I are machinists, uh, and we worked in the gun industry for a long time. Um, well. Department of Defense and stuff like that. Um, and then when we got into private sector, the gun industry, and uh, we got tired of working for other people. And uh, so we shook the piggy bank, piggy bank back in 2017, uh, yep. bought a machine off of Craigslist, <laughs> put it in my garage, and uh, said, we're going to get to that. And uh, we were both working full time. And then we were working full time for Dauntless at the same time. And uh, after a few years... After a year or so, Chris went full time with Dauntless, and a couple years after that, I went full time with Dauntless, and 
here we are. We make a bunch of knives and a facility in North Carolina. Yep. Yeah, so. so nice. Yeah, long and short of it. When did you get your first knife? My first knife. Okay. I was probably nine years old. I got it at a yard sale. Nice. And uh, I, someone told me it was really dull and I couldn't cut anything with it. And then I tried to stab my sister. <laughs> <laughs> but in like a playful way because I thought it can't hurt anybody. I know. I tried to stab my self, sister playfully. So I don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good optics. <laughs> so I lost that knife immediately. <laughs> yeah. I got confiscated. The police took it. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward to 18 when I got out of jail. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I started making pointy things as soon as I could run the grinder without my dad knowing what I was doing in the garage. (laughs) So, and then, uh, it's, he's far better history of like knife making. I'm a machinist who makes knives. He's a machinist and also a really amazing knife maker. And so our, our skill sets kind of work together. So. Yeah, my my parents had a lot of boys, and so they just said no knives for anybody. <laughs> uh, you know, we're just not going to do that. So rebellious, you know. Now. Yeah, I uh, my uncle, I'm going to start a knife company. Yeah, my <laughs> uncle bought my first knife when I was 12, um, and you know I just couldn't afford what I wanted to have, so I went to the thrift store and bought kitchen knives and used a Dremel tool and um, <laughs> you know started forging knives beside my parents' house and. Uh, just slowly built equipment and built skills. And um, when I started, everyone was like, you're doing what? What are you doing? Um, and so just kind of said, you know, I'm going to – something I'm interested in. And um, the online community was really great being able to support um, that skill and being able to learn how to make knives. And um, then I became a machinist. Um, I got a internship with NASA right out of high school. Oh, nice. And Big brain, by the way, just so you know. You know. <laughs> a NASA things yeah. you wouldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I always think about the guys who clean the toilets at NASA, and they're like, you know. Yeah, I work at NASA. I work at NASA. <laughs> like, a lot of people can say that. Like, um, But, yeah, we built space parts and, you know, uh, flight, flight articles and um, – and then Zach over here um, was like, hey, you know, you could machine things and also make money at the same time. <laughs> I uh, hired him. <laughs> he hired me, um, and I left civil service to work for him, um, and that went horribly. Um, no fault to Zach. But, <laughs> that is not something we talk about um, on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Can't go there. Um, yeah. Uh, Let's just say NCIS was involved. Yeah. Um, you stole the challenger, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Uh, so um, that was us. Yeah. Uh, so then you know Zach started working for Warsport. Um, and you know making guns, and you know eventually he hired me to come down and build guns with him, and started making knives. And, yeah. Uh, like, so you worked for Warsport. Back yeah. into it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it really you know, solidified my need to work for myself. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I don't uh, even know what Warsport is. It's oh, close. my gosh. So Warsport, uh, we made um, really flat-shooting green AR-15s. Um, nice. That's like a poorly explained movie, you know? Yeah, poor, poorly explained what you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were really, really flat-shooting, um, and... 
it was largely because they were heavy and had a muzzle brake on them. But at the time, <laughs> back in that was peak, <laughs> yeah. And they had the cool rail cut out. We did. Yeah. We did have the we had the LVOA, um, and then yeah. uh, so I came in after they had the initial concept, but they hadn't turned it into a production gun yet. And I ran their machine shop, and I was the director of manufacturing, which is a cool title. But whenever you have like six people under you, it's not nearly as nifty. Um, <laughs> and so. Um, uh, basically, uh, I stood up the ability to make stuff in-house. They had already purchased some equipment but didn't yeah. have the expertise. Mm. Uh, so we stood that up. Uh, we stood up our barrel manufacturing and um, and made a whole bunch of precision rifle barrels and all that kind of stuff. And then I got a job uh, with uh, – we're not going to talk about who I got a job with, but uh, another big gun industry company. I uh, worked there for a while and then went to – Hudson Manufacturing, where we made the H9. Really? Yeah. So, which is now all the talk of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because of I have Daniel, Defense. Daniel Defense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, after Hudson went bankrupt, um, uh, they bought oh, okay. the the TDP the the data package out of bankruptcy, and so then they got that and did a bunch of cool stuff to it and uh, fixed some things. Hopefully, I hope that gun runs. It's going to be a pretty gun, so it's a fantastic uh, concept. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, but I think the the important thing to level set with that specific concept is that it's uh, a concept that's been around a really long time. Like the specifics of it uh, and how the gun operates might be somewhat unique, but the idea of getting your bore axis low, take a Daniel Defense H9 and overlay it over a Steyr. Um, and they're going to look real similar because that concept of get the barrel axis as low as you can has been around a while. Um, the Steyr. Og? No, the N9. No, yeah, they're, yeah, they're their pistol. pistol. With the triangle sights. Yep. Yeah. No. The sights were a little wonky. But, yeah. But the, the pistol's been around, and that concept has been around for a really long time. So it's neat to see it. Uh, I hope they do really well with it. So. And nice. that's a roundabout way. And then. Uh, then 2017, we started Dauntless. So. Yes. That's cool. I did not know that. Did you know that he was involved in Hudson? And I knew you worked at a couple of those, so I didn't know about Hudson. Yeah. Don't you have, you have one, don't you? Yeah. That's in the box. Cool. Nice. I've shot it, but I haven't, I don't shoot it much anymore. That's cool. I don't. Oh, really? I don't have one. No. I mean, aside from being shorted because bankruptcy sucks, I also didn't get a gun, so I'm a little bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that couple. note, the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, about yeah. that. Well, and that's, you know, honestly, Dauntless was, we started Dauntless because we were tired of working for people who might have a good idea, but not have business sense, or might have business sense, but had, you know, no understanding of, you stand a machine up to run production, and it takes four days to get everything ready to go, mm-hmm. you start running parts, and then they say, hey, actually, we're going to do something else. And all, it's like, okay, all this time is wasted, all this prep is wasted, you know, but they're the boss. You know, we wanted to be that boss, he yeah. said. You know, and when we started Dauntless, we actually had no intention of making knives. Um, you know, we weren't sure we, with the aerospace background, with the firearms background. Um, we wanted to do something, but we really didn't have the desire to make knives. Yeah. You know, I, even though I, we, Zach had been making knives for many years, I'd been making knives for many years. We never had a, a, a real passion to produce knives. Um, and that kind of actually happened circumstantially. Yeah. So, uh, we started up 
and uh, our original business plan, we wrote a big business plan and um, bootstrapping ourselves on this. And we said, okay, we're going to do um, help people reshore manufacturing. So we're going to do consulting to make people that already send a product overseas, give them the ability to bring it here. Yeah. Um, and, and our first job was yeah, doing that. And our first job was with uh, Wolverine Airsoft. We stood up their in-house manufacturing. And so if you have a Wolverine Airsoft gun, which they make some super high-quality stuff, um, a lot of their base process is stuff that we developed, and hmm. they've taken over years later. They're doing a great job, and yeah. their machine They're, shop is... They have Invictus Manufacturing. Invictus Manufacturing, yeah. Um, their own OEM stuff now as well. Yeah. Um, so they they do great stuff, and we that's how we started was, you know, we were going to um, consult and then um, research and development in defense and uh, firearms. And we're looking for a first product, and a friend of mine, Matt Helm, we were like, hey, we should make a knife with you. And he said, eh, nobody wants my knives. And I was like... Everyone wants your knives, <laughs> and nobody can get them. And he's like, okay. So we licensed the design from him, and they sold out in, I don't know, it was like three days or something like that. Um, in a little company that had, at the time, like 2,000 followers, and nobody knew who we were, but they wanted the Matt Helm knife. So uh, uh, we are like, I guess this is what we're doing now. And, <laughs> um, we haven't been able to touch any product except for knives since then. Yeah. That's okay. Hey, yeah. It's fine. It's yeah. cool. I we love it. We love what we do. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just wasn't the you know super specific long term goal that we had worked. the The long term goal was to build a manufacturing facility and something sustainable that we enjoyed working for ourselves, and we used our long term expertise in. Uh, but the knives was it was not specifically that product that we had designed and des- yeah. uh, decided to focus on until you know, the demand is there and we're good at it. Um, and, uh, not in like an egotistical way, but, um, we're machinists that have spent our entire careers chasing the hardest parts, the most complex things and the most advanced things. And we can just apply all those lessons to another part that just happens to be knife shaped. Right. Um, and it's, worked really well so and we tried really hard not to approach things necessarily from you know how everybody's done it in the past you know um with our first contract um we talked on the phone with the contract um and zach was like yeah well we'll do the kydex and up until that point we farmed out the kydex and so zach is working a full-time job (laughs) out of state And all of this work, I'm doing all of this work. So we got off the phone, and I called him back, and I was like, what are you talking about? Um, I was like, we can figure it out. He did. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, again, like, we are going to figure this out. But we did. You know, we we went back to the drawing board, and instead of looking at it as how does everybody else do it, we looked at it from a manufacturing process – um, and as machinists, and how would we do it? You know, we built our own fixturing. We built our own system. Um, you know, we make a really good product, but not because we were trying to design that product, but because we were trying to make a flexible system to be able to apply across the board. Um, and for a lot of years, we tried not to be pigeonholed in knives. 
Um, and honestly, <laughs> we, gave up. We, we did. Just, we we we're gave just up. And we just, um, the <laughs> just benefit is, <laughs> yeah, we can offer to a customer the expertise of we make knives. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who are trying to scale up who who uh, send us a quote and then they're like, ah, you know, our job shop down the street, it can do it cheaper. Sure. I'm sure they can. Go, go for you it. Know. Um, yeah, they I, can be made in China like- or Taiwan cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what we do. You know, we do a really good job at it. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're really specialized, but we, we do it really And well. we're very special. When you're not busy listening to the BTO podcast, head over to the blog section of our website, BigTexOrdinance.com, where we post our weekly update. It's a video series where we talk about what we have, what's coming, and what to expect from BTO. You can also check it out on Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we care about our products. Yeah, you know, yeah. we care about what we're doing, and yeah, we, we get to just. Take a knife. I, yeah, you you want to do a knife? Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we are doing one knife for someone sitting here. Yeah, <laughs> it's not being. It's not, it's not being. No. And you guys are already. Made. I didn't. I didn't know about it till I saw it here today, which is. <clears throat> There's a lot of stuff from Kratos. <laughs> I'm busy with big tech, so it's yeah. like I was like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" I'm like, "Oh, cool." It's like there's a thousand of them sitting in the warehouse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Let's sell them. We don't do uh, we. You guys don't do in half measures either. So no. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go all out. Gotta. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like doing things halfway. It's yeah. no fun. No fun at all. It's bandwidth too, man. Like a lot of it. I'm, I'm here for a lot of things. So he has more bandwidth to do stuff like that. And if he's having to co- consult with me on it, it's not helping his bandwidth. Yeah. You know, so like, and then I help Chris with his bandwidth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't have. But who you're, helps? You're my him. best friend now. Uh, Nobody helps so. him. Who helps? Oh, my therapist helps. Yeah. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Justin. Justin helps Ian. Josh. Josh. Yeah. Everybody helps Ian. But that's so. Do we want to? Do we want to jump into? that process like say somebody like ike wanted to develop a kratos knife what does that process look like all right so there's really there's two ways to approach it um with uh ike the the first thing i said was do you want to dual brand something we already have or do you want something from a clean slate from the bottom up you know we designed something special and new for you um and we had a knife that was already in process that fit all of his uh, his wants and needs and desires, and that's our uh, work knife V1, uh, which is a Matt Helm design. We produce it; everyone loves it. It's mm-hmm. super utilitarian. Um, I've seen guys with these on their duty belts um, as their utility blade, or you know, in a uh, bed of their truck for their overland gear or their um, hunting gear. Or I carry mine quite often. And it's from our first or second production run years and years ago. And it's just, it's one of those blades that really stays in the, the rotation. So it's super useful. It's got a good form factor. The sheath is good. And it's all hammered out. And so whenever someone comes to me and they, goes, they go, we want a knife. If it's, A, someone that aligns with our business plan and our business direction, which Kratos and Ike and um, Big Tax, you guys align very well. You're in a space that makes sense to dual brand with. Um, we offered a dual brand, um, and so we selected that model, start selecting um, 
uh, colors for the colorway that match your branding or just something you like. We've had people pick some things that I don't oh. necessarily agree with, <laughs> but they thought were amazing. And they sold, so I'm gonna let, <laughs> they knew their customer base. So I'll, yeah. I'll leave that up to you. But um, he selected the colors that he likes. Um, Ike and Maddie were, they sent me their brand book and we started matching things to it. Um, and then normally, we're, this is for a future production run, and it just so happened that we had already had those blades in manufacturing. They hadn't made it to engraving yet, so we could add graphics. Um, and then we went through what logo worked with our engraving equipment and the space provided. Um, and then we ordered uh, sheath material, and uh, we started going. Um, we uh, Those ones are uh, just a, a pretty standard but very popular and high-end offering for us, which is the MagnaCut steel with a tumbled finish. Matt Helm jump, jimping, and then the scales are uh, rhino gray with I think a Tiffany blue it's liner, Tiffany blue. Mm-hmm. Yep. and um, uh, you know it's real solid. It's pretty, but man, it it is a really it's a worker. Yeah, uh, and then the sheath we're we're still hammering out some colors on that one. Uh, it's in a gray sheath right now that doesn't match the handles very well, and so <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where we're 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 figuring out the last of it. Um, but to get back to the, the question, um, the dual branding normally goes something like that, depending on where they're in where they're starting in our production run. Um, sometimes people just come to us and they're like, uh, next time you run these, please let me know. And, uh, and we do that. Um, we've done that with Audi gear, um, tactical, uh, distributors. tactical distributors and a few others. Dead bird. Yeah. Dead bird mm-hmm. society. Um, shout out to Paul. And, um, it, and Amanda, uh, <laughs> and Amanda, not Amanda. It's Amanda. It's it Amanda. Amanda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I met her last night. She's so sweet. She is. She's, we talked about running quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um, we talked about many horses, so I don't know what you got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have many horses, by the way. I don't have any horses. I don't either. Let alone multiple ones. I don't run. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Um, you don't run? Yeah. No? no. Hmm. I hate running. Used to. I ran a 50K two weeks ago. Yeah, he uh, hates it. 50K? A 50K? What, are, what shoes are you wearing? Uh, when today? You run? Oh, no, when I'm you, running? When, what are you running in? My last running shoes, which I'm, I'm mostly through because they have 417 miles on them. Um, they are um, North Face Vective Enduros, I think that's what they're called. Um, and they work really nicely, but... They don't have a Vibram sole, a Vibram sole. Yeah. And so that I wore the bottom lugs off. Yeah. And then these ones are uh, Merrill Test Lab Long Sky 2s, which are great, but they're not as cushiony as the other ones. Yeah, cool. So, anyway, yeah. I try to run. Oh, I'm yeah. terrible at it. Don't get me wrong. I Except just, for you did a 50K. Yeah. I'm, you're yeah. the only one in the room that's <laughs> done a 50K in the yeah. last... 14 days. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Like, ever? My, yeah. Yeah, like I'm going to throw yeah. that out there, ever. Um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> So that's how, you know, a collaboration would work. Oh, yeah, he's yes. trying to get his back. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> running uh, shoes, though, I mean. Yeah, I just don't care about running in any <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, shut okay, up. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, Zach's like, you should go running. And I was like, you want me to live, so. <laughs> I don't should. even like running. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so people will be, <laughs> hey, when are you going to make Persians? Or when are you going to make um, hikers? Or when are you going to, and then we'll just slide them in and, you know dual brand with them over that and give them a cool colorway and they get to sell it and everyone gets something they're really like exclusive yeah Yeah. exclusive um 
We did uh, one with Blade HQ. Oh yeah, Blade yeah. HQ. Uh, I saw those that. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Those sold out. Well, the first one sold out in it was like, like twenty seconds, seconds with the or Ultima. Yeah. 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 My neighbor got one, and they were. Yeah. So that one was really great, and then we did two more hikers. Um, that were exclusive, and they took a, a couple days to sell out. Took the weekend, I, like two days. <laughs> but after twenty seconds, I know it's like, it was yeah. a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, if you want to do uh, an OEM where you want, you have a napkin sketch. You know, I drew. That's this where up. we're going next. And yeah, yeah I we're gonna it. we're gonna do one from the ground up. Awesome, awesome, yeah. or even a production model. That you've been making by hand. Like yeah. we have a lot of, you know, we worked with uh, Matt Gaskell who has, you know, his Tanner model he's made by hand for years. Um, and we did a yep. production version of that where he had a nice mm. model and we had pictures of ones that he'd made in the past. Like there's there's a wide range of yeah. people who are doing this. We've worked from, I worked from a piece of MDF board <laughs> that somebody like cut out with a jigsaw and they were like this but better. <laughs> we did. Not with a jigsaw cut. Right, yeah. right. We used, <laughs> we used uh, chisels on that one to get it real nice. So, so what you do, if, I, if I'm imagining this correctly, so if you take, like, say I've been, like, taking this and doing a classic style knife build where I'm either cutting this out of another sheet, like spring steel, right? That was what we grew up doing, was yeah. taking saw blades, saw yep. no blades, and cutting mm -hmm. them down, right? L6. Uh, or forging it, mm -hmm. yep. heating up some metal and, and beating the shit out of it. But if I can only do two of those a day, mm -hmm. you take the manufacturing process, apply your manufacturing process mm -hmm. to it, and make the same, if not better, quality knife. Yeah, so we do a, we productionize their model. Um, and there's always concessions uh, or differences is really a better way of putting it because a lot of times it's not better or worse. Um yeah than a handmade knife some handmade knives are just so impeccably perfect um but from one to the next they're going to be different um so we just apply manufacturing which is or <clears throat> precision manufacturing or whatever you want to call it you're going to, you're going to need to turn that around really okay yeah, there, you yeah. Go. there we go uh, <laughs> <laughs> works better that way yeah. i was looking at it i was like eh, not really um and, and so we and that's something that people send us the picture or they'll send us a prototype and we'll say, okay, here's what we're going to expect to see as far as concessions and why it won't look exactly like this handmade one. Um, we don't glue our handles on, yeah. you know, and a lot of handmade knives are going to have glued and pinned mm -hmm. handles. And so we're like, hey, you all right with screws? Because if not, <laughs> we're going to have to discuss yeah. some stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, most of the people are far enough into uh, knife making that they know what to expect and mm -hmm. we try to communicate that. Um, so there's so much that you can start from whether for dual branding purposes, it's a model we already have or a clean slate design where you have no idea what you want or a napkin sketch, or you've already had one made or you've already made them or you've made them for years or you've had a different manufacturer make them. There's just so many different ways to approach it. Um, and uh, levels of completion. We really prefer to do knives that are complete and ready to go mm -hmm. with a sheath and done and assembled. But there are people that um, they're a knife maker and they have their special sauce when it comes to sharpening. Yep. And so they're like, oh, I want to put the final edge on it. Like, hey, that's fine. We'll yep. just take that out of the quote, mm -hmm. just like a, any other manufacturer would do. And uh, 
That's what we do. So. There are people who we make knives but not sheaths. There are people mm. who make sheaths but not knives. We don't do that, so don't ask me to quote your sheath. <laughs> <laughs> that one's grandfathered in. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be a Kydex manufacturer. Yeah, just to be clear about that. Yeah. Um, hey, you make any holsters? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is, yeah. needs to be kid-friendly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we do. And that's generally how it works is we just start from wherever they are and turn it into a production knife. Cool. And so you what can could, like basically select the steel, metal, the metallurgy of it, what's, what it's made of. Yeah. Do you do heat treating? Do you do... So we'll start with what, what steel do you want it to be made out of? And from the knife makers, they have an idea. From the people who aren't knife makers and want to have a knife made, they're like... They're about 90% of the time asking me what's good. Yeah. Um, high price point, low price point, you know, magna, magna cuts at the top right now. And um, AEBL is at the bottom or bottom price wise, not really yeah. performance wise. Um, and uh, finishes are another thing. You know, there's all these considerations when it comes to finishes. Everyone loves DLC because it's fancy, but it's not really the best finish for cpm 3v whereas it is the best finish for if you want a, a magna cut blade that's black you know um so and then black oxide you want this color do you want tumbled do you want how hard do you want it um this is the spec we normally run at and then <laughs> they go <laughs> they go uh what kind of handles do you want do you have colors do you want a variety do you want them to be textured do you want them to be you know it 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 becomes you know Zach's job and Zach's standardized a lot of it like he's built a very complex spreadsheet so if you order pretty proud of his spreadsheet, yeah it's by the it's way. it's complex you know and it's yeah. it's relatively plug and play as far as being able to input all those things but when somebody says you know I'm interested in maybe Magna Cut uh, and 3V and maybe some Damascus. Um, I'm thinking about these six different, like, and they're like, can you just whip up a couple quotes All the time. for that? <laughs> and he's like, you realize that's like 30 different quotes. Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's not a big deal. I had somebody um, ask, they said, all right, we'd like you to make knives for us. I was like, cool. I would love to quote knives for you. And he sent me his whole catalog. His catalog contained uh, like 16 models. And then he wanted them each quoted out of a couple different steels with different handle materials. And I'm thinking permutation-wise, there was like a thousand different permutations yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like that's one of the things that we try and offer on our end for our own products is being able to have, you know, you have, uh, let's just say for just the V1. And there's a V1, a V2, a V3, and a V4 now. Um, for the V1, you're looking at four different steels. You're looking at, within those steels, two different jimping styles for each one you're looking at probably four to five different coating options across different steel options. Then you're looking at handles for all of those versions. Then you're looking at sheaths for all of those versions, two different versions of, of sheaths. Um, and on those, you can build them out with whatever clip you want. So you might have a, you know, a discrete carry clip, you know, 2.1, you know, cloth grabber clip or an Ulta clip on there, whatever it is that you want. Um, that it becomes this huge, huge list of options that, you know, we we might never put the same knife together, you know, mm -hmm. twice. We end up doing it because, like, everybody buys, like, what's hot at the moment, yeah. you know. Um, but 
Zach's work there with getting all the quoting and working with the customers and trying to figure that out. Like it's truly a monumental task. Like, um, and I, you know, Zach is, Zach is a dry, is the driving force in Dauntless, um, moving forward, you know, um, I just make all of it. <laughs> um, but if it weren't for Zach's efforts doing stuff like this and making the connections, like we wouldn't have anything to make. Yeah. How many other people do y'all have on the team? Three. Oh, cool. I was yeah. going to ask that question. Yeah, we have uh, one part-timer um, and then uh, two other people that work for us full-time. Um, it's actually my son. He turned 18, graduated oh. from high school last year and... Uh, the next week he was in the shop. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, another guy named, we have two Ians, believe it or not. Hey, we, so do we. We have two Ians. Do you? Yeah. Like, I got to check the, the, the percentage of people named Ian because I, I don't think that there should be two Ians in a five person shop. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're, we're pretty close to that we're too. Pretty close. <laughs> we, <laughs> I have a joke that I'm not even going to say. So it's bad form. I'm going to Google it. The percentage of people named Ian. Yeah. <laughs> What's the chances of that? Uh, I, I would be willing to bet that it's not 40%, <laughs> which is what our shop is. Yeah. <laughs> Probably slightly less than that. <laughs> I would think so. Continue. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are we going with this? Uh, Ian's, Ian's. Yeah. So, so okay, yeah. you got five people in shop total. Yep. Yeah. And... How many are actually putting together knives when it's all said and done? When it's time to, like, we don't assemble full time, but yeah. uh, when it is time to do assembly, it's usually three of us. Yeah. And then we always have, one of the Ian's is always running production, because <laughs> if we, if spindles stop, then, you know, yeah. stops coming down, in, you down hit, the road, yeah, it's, it's it. bad. So uh, he keeps spindles running, um, and either, most of the time he's making blades, um, Chris, when it comes to assembly, is usually the guy sharpening while uh, myself, Noah, and other Ian uh, will do assembly. Uh, usually that's how it works. Sometimes my wife comes in and helps out. Yeah. Um, Her name, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> is, there a female, is there a female variant of Ian? Is oh. there, is there like- Her name is Aaron. Oh, that's <laughs> oh. I have our, our fact. One out of every 436 baby boys and one out of every 296,581 baby wait, girls are named <laughs> Ian in 2021. Now, is that worldwide or just in the United States? Uh, I'm guessing worldwide. And, okay, well, Ian that's going to significantly skew that number. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Ian you, was a girl's name as could well. Could you also check, like... Back to the 1980s and early 90s. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, because yeah. that would be a yeah, lot. Yeah, because that's more. that's more relevant information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, the interesting I'm not part. hiring babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. But you Thanks, do know what labor, you, labor laws. Yeah. You do know what your chances are in the in in the next 30 years. Of right. Some I'm, more Ians. I'm going to be retired when that's yeah. relevant. <laughs> Ian will be doing the hiring. But, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, as do a, we see a spike? Well, kind of. As of 2019, the name the name has been in the top 100 in the United States ever since 1982, mm. peaking at 65 in 2003. Oh, okay. so 2003. I mean, 20 years ago. That's yeah. a 20. Yeah, this 21. is for all the unions out there. Yeah, mm. that's a 
That's so a, when you listen to the Big Text podcast, you find all sor- all, all sorts of interesting <laughs> facts that you names. cannot live without. Right, just right. like the Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> when we when he yells at the guy to pull up the whatever on the screen. <laughs> so we're oh. basically JRE right yeah, now, right, yeah. right like, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a cool yeah, dude. definitely. Yeah. Seems like does he have your knife? Does he have one of your knives yet? No, no. If I could find, I'd send him one. Yeah, I mean, but I, I. Oh. Say that with a, a little bit of consternation because like, <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> everybody and their brother probably sends him free stuff, right? Yeah. And um, I know he's had knife makers on the podcast before, at least one that I could think of, and yeah, that's great. I mean, absolutely phenomenal for our industry. Um, but I don't want to be the guy just sending him something for his junk drawer. So, yeah. So, you if, know. if y'all ever did like the forged in fire, or you've yeah. you've been on there, I did. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was on Fortune Fire in season eight. Um, I went on the 200th episode. Oh, um, wow. Was that after you started working for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was with. With. two years. Yeah, we. Um, what year was that? 2000. It came out in 2022. Yeah, yeah okay, 2022. Cool. It, it aired in January of 2022, so two nice. years ago. And he yeah. won. I just want to point, point yeah. that out. Yeah. Absolutely lambasted the competition. Lambasted. <laughs> There's yeah. more SEO right there. It's, it's going to be I, our top viewed <laughs> podcast, probably. Right. I'm sure they're all really it's nice on Netflix people. Right now, I kind so of check it out. I felt sorry for them because I know how good he is. <laughs> I'm a classic overthinker, and like I got real in my head. Like I got I got really into it and um, knife making. He got um, into it. <laughs> After the first round, it was like, okay, this is mine to lose. I'm competing against me. Like, the other competitors were awesome. Um, right. But um, but it was not in the same league. Um, if I was competing against, you know, Master Smith, uh, I think it might be a different story. But, you know, it's... It was it was a really it, fun. Experience. Go ahead and watch it. You'll you'll okay. understand. You'll you'll be like we can watch it tonight. His yeah. yeah you'll be like wow that is an amazing knife that Chris made, and. Uh, those other people on the same show? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Smoked. I found my Netflix show. Yeah. I'm watching that. Well, yeah. There's a local guy in and, the... in the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And he's very like humble, and I get to act egotistical when I'm bragging about him because I think I, he's awesome. So. Yeah, he's your homie. You get to talk <laughs> That's about right. him. That's right. So anybody thinking I'm being an asshole, first of all, I kind of am. But second of all, <laughs> he's awesome. Go watch the show. <laughs> You'll see I'm right. <laughs> it's going to be, be a good short there. So there, there's a – we have a, a, a forged in fire guy that used to – I don't know if he's still there because I haven't been to the Woodlands Farmer's Market in a long time. Mm-hmm. But he would set up at the Farmer's Market and sharpen knives. Like yeah. on, a, on a Saturday, you could just take whatever yeah. to him. You know, and I dropped off like a couple kitchen knives to him one time. And he did a really good job. And I got him back and like I went like – Three or four weeks later, and I just had like pockets full of knives because <laughs> he'd sharpen them for like yeah. five bucks. Oh, yeah, man. you know, like really quick. Like I'm, I'm fixing to spend forty five minutes with my kids walking around this sure. farmers market. I might as well get something out of it besides an overpriced duck. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I walk up and I'm talking to him, and I start like dropping knives on the on the table. But I'm not a knife guy. I was about to say I'm not a knife guy. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, just come back. That's cool, cool. I was like, I got, I got one more, and I pulled my clinch pick out, and he's like, where the fuck did that come from? I'm like, <laughs> oh, it was right here in my hand. Like, just pulled it. He's like, oh, wait, that's such and such. I was like, yeah, and we started talking about that. 
Anyway, not a knife guy. I, yeah. not, not a knife guy. <laughs> yeah. Pulled his clinch pick out. Uh, right, uh, not a knife guy. Came back and he's like, "Oh no, dude, like, don't worry about." Like, didn't charge me for like the half a dozen knives I dropped on there just because he got to mess with the clinch pick. Oh, nice. And I, t- I was like, okay, cool. So I like dropped a twenty in his jar and walked off. But that was cool to interact with that dude and like. All he really wanted to do was make some money that weekend. Yeah, you know, sharpening some knives. I, I and wasn't a, engaged. A, a, did he yeah. sharpen your clinch pick? Yeah. Why was your clinch pick dull? Like it wasn't. That, I was going to say, have you cut anything besides <laughs> yourself with it? <laughs> yeah, or it like it's, Chris it's really is dull sharp from now. Fucking stabbing that, people. <laughs> that was the V. You haven't messed with a clinch pick unless, unless you've cut yourself with yeah. it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I <laughs> carried. Uh, Matt Helm made me. Um, uh, fist load, which was his version of the clinch pick, with permission when he made it from Craig Douglas, and uh, so I carried that for uh, quite a few years. And the only blood it ever saw was from me. Yeah, and like that, I, I'm convinced that you can't carry a clinch pick for an extended amount of time without drawing your own blood. You gotta oh, yeah. be very it's careful. With it. And when you hand it off to people, like the first claim. Like and I've seen people just cut their thumb. I'm like, hey, that's got a reverse edge, and they're like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, told yeah. you. I I uh, <clears throat> carried mine for a while. I did. I, did. I need to order one. I do, that's like the one knife I I do not own as a clinch pick. I got three. You want yeah. to borrow one? Um, not a knife guy. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> I I bought a uh, an Emerson Karambit on deployment, and um, you know. And I got like, I'm honestly pretty good at at flipping it. It cost me um, two ACU tops and a bunch of blood because I just like, you know, would flip it and then my, the Karamba would be sticking out of my arm, cut through my uniform. And I was like, ow, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, like at least two uniform tops were ruined on deployment because I would just flick it and twirl it and it would just right through the uniform top into my arm. We just... Good friend of mine, uh, he sent me a picture, and it's like this, and there's a Emerson Karambit sitting like this, mm-hmm. and uh, coming out of the side of his finger. Uh, <laughs> That's not where that goes. <laughs> you can't Sir, you there. can't park there. <laughs> uh, I was like, Justin, what's going on here? And he's like, it's stuck into the bone. <laughs> and it was standing up by itself. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, I definitely had one <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I definitely had one that was that was quite deep and oh, like yeah. hit like the arm, probably pretty close to that. And I was like, "Ow, okay, I'm done with this for a little bit." <laughs> yeah, this this, for a minute. this this ouch. Yeah, still yeah. have that knife, still carry it sometimes. Yeah, we uh, we released the Dogbone K, and um, it's actually a really good size uh, for kids. <laughs> Um, because it's a small, it's a small package, mm-hmm. you know, That's especially, you know, like, uh, we're talking about kids, you know, here. Oh. I, I would have given anything to have this knife as a 12 year old. Oh yeah. You know, oh, especially yeah. like Running in, a, in a deep carry sheath in your pocket, like <laughs> you can carry when you're it. a little kid. You right. want to carry the problem is yeah. if you send one of these to your nephew, yep. Yeah. Hypothetically, he'll get it on a Friday. Hypothetically. And on Saturday, he will get 17 stitches in his hand. (laughs) It's a good lesson to learn when you're young, though. Um, It really, like, again, again, like, you know, knife safety is important, like, with kids. But, um, you know, when you're around real tools, like, you have to be careful with it. Yeah. You know, um, I guarantee you he's not going to do this again. 
<sighs> so, you know. Um, we got to make more of them. Yeah, we got to make more of these. That's nice. Um, my wife thinks that the um, the K in Dogbone K is for kids. Um, <laughs> oh. It's not. No. But, uh, it's for yeah. curs, yeah. by the way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sure. The, uh, That's cool. Go ahead for the, your uh, kid's knife story. Yeah, kid knife story. So I don't know how old I was. Very, extremely young. And remember, I'm a 90s baby. And remember the like the suckers that you would hit the button and the sucker you would stick. Oh, yeah. And, and the sucker would rotate. And, but they had like the plastic clamshell on it that you need the jaws of life to get the plastic clamshell off. So I got one for, I don't know, Christmas, birthday, Hanukkah, Jaws Easter. of life or... The, both okay. the sucker okay. and the jaws of life to open the sucker. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm like, I can't fucking open this. And dad, my dad's like, Hey, go, go get my pocket knife. It's on the counter. Be careful. That's the lot. Like be careful. And it, he's just not, we today. were, I was in the, in the dining room. Knife was in the kitchen. I was you know, supposed to walk the knife back over to dad, hand it to him. No, I opened the knife. Because I'm an idiot, <laughs> grab it by the blade <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I'm not fucking kidding. Uh, proceed to then realize I cut myself, and my dad literally just told me to be careful. To be careful. So I'm like, I'm not telling this guy that I just fucking cut myself. <laughs> so I, I don't remember if I close the knife or open the knife but i have a handful of blood yep that i'm like this and i just like holding back tears hand my dad he you know come back into the into the dining room and i'm like here you go and he's just like what's wrong and i go like this i have a handful of blood (laughs) just open my hand and proceed to ball because i have a gash across my palm yeah my nephew was just sitting on the couch very quietly yeah and they were like, "Oh, what's, this is not normal for him. Uh, he's a bit of a, I mean, he's a bit yeah. of a bruiser." And yeah. just sitting there quietly was like, "Uh oh." And my brother-in-law was there, and um, you know, he ended up having to go to the emergency room mm-hmm. for stitches. Um, they found the bathroom that he tried to clean up first. <laughs> Looked like a murder because, scene. Yeah, because, like, I called him. It was his, it was for his birthday, and I called him. and I was like, "Look, this is a tool. This is not a toy. Like, it's very sharp." Like, only be, use it when your mom says you can. Careful. Like, be really careful. Be careful. Be so careful. I literally <laughs> said, don't put your fingers on the side of the sheath when you pull it. And, oh, it was like, and so he, you know, he put his fingers around and just and pulled it out. Um, you know, but they the, the bathroom was a little bit of like a, you know. Yeah, because well, he probably went, oh. Oh. Yeah, oh. and it was just, it went everywhere. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, so I'm, I felt really bad, like a little bit like proud, yeah. you know, yeah. that, um, no. you know, but also you just like. You helped him in this formative experience. Uh, I just yeah. cut my nephew, like. like. Yeah, it was great. I'm just like, hmm, knife. Thanks. Here, what? I can, like, <laughs> I can remember getting like a K-bar when I was like eight. Like my grandpa you had a was great like childhood. Yeah, like and like I've had a pocket knife my entire life and like just you never grab the handle or the blade and every time I've cut myself has been I've you knew better than that. Like yeah. I was, yeah. I was yeah. cutting at an angle that I shouldn't have. You know, I I like cut this finger, the side of this finger off when I was chopping onions one time. You know, it's all stupid stuff yeah. that I, I should have knew better cuz I should have been been careful right yeah yeah. but yeah i had a great childhood i mean like that was like old timer pocket knife you know Mm -hmm. carried a knife all during school because that's what you did in the country so old 
Yeah. They let you carry knives at yeah, school. We had guns in our cars, so did too. Did you have a shotgun in the back Fuck window? yeah, we did. As long as you put <laughs> what it What time do I have to put you to bed tonight? Yeah, early. <laughs> early. early. Right, back to the nursing home. <laughs> but, uh. Okay. Yeah. Like, I can, and, and like, custom knives. We had knives all. He's not a knife guy. Not a knife guy. <laughs> I've got a video I'll show you after this that shows that I'm not a knife guy. Okay. All right. Uh, but I am a knife guy. Yes, this is this. <laughs> He's admitted it. This yeah. is the Part podcast. The first that's, step, a, yeah, that's the first step. That's so, the first, first step. step. We're proud. We'll have to. Ex- get a <laughs> <surprise> <laughs> we'll have to. Uh, do you ever do? Do you ever do any like kitchen cup cullery? No. Do you ever nope. do? No, no, we really nothing? don't. And so, and this is a. It's a discussion of brand and brand positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I'm sure you guys can appreciate this. We've, even though we got into knives as a part and as something that we wanted to make because we thought it was a cool thing, um, and not being a, a laid out in our business plan, what we've come to realize and very purposefully is that we have a set of of what people expect out of our knives. Yeah, um, they expect utilitarian, high quality, and a, a few other things, very usable things. Um, and we don't stray from that a lot. We do a little bit when we do daggers and stuff like that. And the Musashi is maybe a little bit outside of the normal usability, but it's still usable. Um, but kitchen knives are a whole different segment. And so in order to do kitchen knives really well, you've got to manufacture a little bit differently than we currently do. Now, we could figure that part out, but it doesn't really align with our value. Our, our value proposition isn't really in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and uh, if that ever happens, it'll have to be down the road when we can be very purposeful about what brand positioning yeah. we're using. I, we've seen a few other knife companies um, just jump straight into kitchen knives, and it's worked well for some of them and not as well for the others. Yeah. Um, we really, and we don't want to dilute that brand. Yeah. You know, um, we're not going to make a Dauntless Energy drink anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> right. Um, I you mean, know, we've seen people do that. And it's, it's a good of, name, though. The Dauntless Energy. It is a great name. Yeah. Dauntless Energy. <laughs> but, you know, and that's Fuel what we're trying passion. to. Fuel we're your slowly passion. trying to expand that out to, you know, this, the scalpel, um, the surgeon is the first knife that my mother ever said, you know, I want one of those. And she'll cut are those, yeah. are those out yet? Um, they are on the cusp. Okay. Um, they're through manufacturing. Um, the last of them are through heat treat. Those are sharp little bastards. They be, be are, careful with that. Yeah. They are very sharp. <laughs> um, it goes through, it goes no. Go up and down the blade, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. God, don't <laughs> do that. Don't even judge. Give it to Ian. He knows how to hold them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Here, let me show you, you guys. <laughs> and those are, you know, those again are fall back into that uh, utilitarian. That, that utilitarian. Yeah. Um, that would work as a field scalpel. You know, oh, yeah. it would work. Uh, there was one guy who was like, this is going to be perfect for mushroom hunting. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, sh- I can yeah. See that. My mom wants one for gardening. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, my mom actually cooks. Uh, her favorite kitchen knife is a Rapala filet <laughs> knife. <laughs> nice. Because it was sharp. Yeah. She, she was like, I need a sharp knife. And I handed her that. And she was like, so she buys, like, she goes and buys cheap Rapala yeah. f- filet knives yeah. for in the kitchen. <laughs> That she was like, this is something that I want, yep. you know. Um, and again, that's we we've we've been talking about making a scalpel for many years, but just like when we started the business, you know, we didn't want to come into the scene with, um, you know, we make ARs, you know, everybody and their brother makes ARs. Yeah, um, we want to be able to have actual a value to add to the industry. 
Um, and, you know, we think that our products do that. Yeah. Um, Based know, on good design and yeah. good materials and good manufacturing good process. Yeah. Are you guys putting like a... No, don't even ask that. No, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure somebody <laughs> will aftermarket. Everybody has asked. Yeah, yeah. everybody wants make... inserts for it. Well, it, it makes sense to not to because if you're, you know, things covered in blood because you just skinned a deer with it or it's covered in mushroom juice, like, yeah. Yeah. I, don't want, I don't want... <laughs> I don't want sputs underneath the handle. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that somebody is going to make aftermarket market scales there are people who make aftermarket scales for our knives which i find awesome and yet also kind of ridiculous because of the number of scale options that we have mm-hmm. um what's but, the sheath you know, gonna look like on these uh so i'm gonna do a like a small sheath that can be used for you know if you just want to toss it into your tackle box or use a, a pull chain on a on a necklace type deal or and then i'm gonna do like a medium and a full deep carry and then we'll have the the uh, uh, Thanks for the, the left. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Chattanooga Leatherworks sheath yeah. as well. Nice. So that we really want uh, to be able to, you know, it, it it would fit on a, you know, on your on I'm, your vest. And we're gonna make a low profile one that fits so in a single molly. A mil- oh, nice. single molly slot. Oh, that'd be cool, right? Yeah. Because. You know. That on a chest rig behind some magazines is gonna be awesome. Um, is going to have a this is a deep carry sheath with strap cutter too. No. Yeah. The, that has an edge. That. It's, I know. A, it's a knife. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is a knife. You can't um, anything about that. <laughs> so yeah. can you talk about the Pineland series? Yeah. That's yeah, actually that's, a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right. So. Do you have a Pineland? Oh, yeah. I have a Pineland. You have a hiker. Yeah. Uh, got a Pineland hiker. Do we have any in our backpack? Am I the only one that I doesn't have that, a Pineland? I don't Apparently. Should we do this? Oh, uh, <laughs> only yeah, you have oh, to line it up to, for your arms so that you. Just, <laughs> it'd be really funny if it cut the cord on your headset. <laughs> that would. That's an expensive headset. Okay, so Pineland. Uh, a couple years ago, Matt came to us and he had this really cool finish that he had uh, that Vital Manufacturing had done on a aluminum frame for one of his 2011s, and uh, he's like, "I love this finish. You guys should make scales out of aluminum." Yeah. And uh, I said, yes, but, you know, if you go down the rabbit hole of we're now anodizing aluminum scales, where does it end? Like, Ian's there, no. Yeah. Another customer for you. Yeah. I'm going to start an anodizing shop. Why? Because <laughs> everyone bitches about anodizing in the industry, and everyone does it like asshole, so I'm going to actually do it good. It's going to be called Ian's Anno. Ian's Not an asshole. do it good anodizing. Yeah. There we go. Whole ass belt. Yeah. Have you ever been in an anodizing shop? <laughs> yeah, like, Chris was saying something about the EPA. They're awful. Well, whatever. <laughs> they literally dip metal in acid. Okay, we could take we could anodizing anodizing okay. aluminum. So we could take <laughs> acid and then no. anodize. <laughs> I used to have a boss who would say, "We take raw material and add value." And so he would walk away, and we'd be like, "We take valium and add raw material." <laughs> we just mess up his saying all the time. Then he heard about it and it was angry. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Matt said, "You know, you should make aluminum scales and uh, have them anodized." And I said, "Well, uh, if you just are anodizing aluminum scales, it's just it's a, opens up this huge thing um, where okay, I want them anodized purple and I want them anodized blue and I want them an- and so like we would end up making 
you know more variation a whole <laughs> bunch of anodized and also anodized aluminum isn't a particularly good material for no. a grip because it gets slippery when it's got oil on it or blood and it gets cold when it's cold outside it gets hot when it sits on the hood of your truck like it's heavy it's heavy there's reasons that it's not a perfect but it is tough as nails yeah um aluminum nails anyways um <laughs> um but it was a really cool finish that looked like uh, case color case hardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so we were looking at it, and I said, well, let's see if we can find a way to utilize this in a, in a way that's interesting and is, has some level of history or some level of um, significance. And Dauntless Manufacturing is in Asheboro, North Carolina, which is uh, smack, back, smack dab in the middle of a fictional country called Pineland. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pineland is part of um, uh, oppositional force training for the final part of some special forces courses that have a ton of history based out of Fort Bragg. Um, and if you want to, you can Google Pineland and you'll get and some Robin results. Sage. That's yes. So yeah. Robin Sage takes place oftentimes within about 10 miles of our shop. Yep. And um, I have friends who have volunteered there. I have friends who have gone through it on the, the military side. And um, given that we are in Pineland, um, we decided we wanted to do something that was based on where we are geographically and that it's an important uh, piece of military history, current and uh, historically. And uh, so we wanted to make something that was unique um, and not uh, just sell the shit out of it. Uh, So what we did is we developed the Pineland series, which... Um, the blade steel is really unconventional. It's 5160, which is what uh, truck leaf springs are made of. So if you were scrounging to make a blade in the woods as an oppositional force and you found an old chassis, you could probably make a blade out of a piece of 5160. And, and it's a really great blade steel. It just rusts mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you're tough, not careful. Tough it's, as actual steel nails. Yeah, it's super tough. And uh, so what we did is we just selected... Uh, a configuration that is unique completely to the Pineland series, uh, which is 5160 blades that are not treated after heat treat, so they still have the coloration. Um, the aluminum anodized scales, uh, which is a, a finish that even though this is a um, made to look like it, you could see uh, in something like that. And then woodland um, sheaths. And so that's the only... We only sell the woodland sheaths on those knives. We only sell those scales on those knives and we only sell 5160 blades on those knives. So you can't and get, we only do how many. And so I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then the other interesting part about it is they're serialized. Um, and they never repeat. So the very first one was, a uh, Matt Helm Persian pine land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's about 30 of those. And then we did, um, dog bones and there's about 30 of those. And then we've done the work knife V2s and there's about 30 of those. And then hikers, um, there's 30 of each variation there. Um, and then we did the Musashi, which is probably the coolest one, but <laughs> they look amazing. Yeah. Um, and so they just continue in the series and they're all individually marked and serialized and you'll never get, you yeah. know. There won't. People ask me all the time, "When are you going to put uh, Dogbone Pinelands back in stock?" Never. Like they don't exist. They are no longer going to be made by us. And we don't limit production on almost anything. Uh, we literally make as many knives as we can because it's a production knife. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Pineland, it's turned into a thing that people really appreciate and like, um, and it's really cool geographically um, for us. 
And uh, if you drive around rural North Carolina, close to where we we live, you'll see some strange signs here and there. Uh, There's a nondescript building beside one of the back roads close to us that's got a brown sign outside of it that says Pineland. And then there's a whole bunch of like radio antennas coming out of this ramshackle shackle shack. <laughs> so cool stuff if you know what to look for. And guys way cooler than me and Chris that are doing awesome stuff and have been in those parts of the woods for a really, really long time. Um, I love to be just like some tangential part of it. Uh, we don't market them heavily. I, I don't post a ton of pictures of them on our Instagram. The people that know about them know about them. Because you send a little a little note in the knives too to describe it did i you? i don't I th- think so I maybe it's on did. the description oh maybe on the des- description. okay yeah, it's yeah. on the yeah. description yeah. yeah and i try and lay it out <clears throat> i don't i'm not very wordy when it comes to the descriptions if you look on our <laughs> website there's not a ton of information there. knife it's sharp <laughs> yeah. you can use ai for that too, i can right? i have <laughs> i have yes um uh, i think when i wrote the hiker description is when the first one i mm. used ai on um <clears throat> but yeah, uh, they show up, they sell out. The only one that hasn't been popular was the uh, um, Pineland Pakal. Um, mm. It's it's a niche knife, Pineland, and then being the Pakal is also a niche variant. Not everyone got that one. Uh, that's okay. I think I still have some in stock, which is really strange. Oh, wow. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I grabbed the hiker. Like I've been wanting a Pineland for forever, and then the hiker, I, that came out like, oh, I got to have that. And then you all had some Pinelands in stock. I'm like, boom. Done. Yeah. yeah. Is so. there like a crazy secondary market for those? Some of them go for stupid money. Um, and in my opinion, stupid money, mostly production knife. I, I expect secondary market to be at or close to retail. That's not always they the are case. in stock. Yeah, the Pacals are in stock, yeah. We see a lot of your knives at like various charity events as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, they're it, always popping up. Is there like a, do you know of one like, what's the most one has went for at charity? I don't know. I don't know. There was, Shop Show probably had a pretty big one. I don't know who bought it and how much it went for. So we donated two to Shop Show. Me and uh, Gerbs were bidding on those. Oh, were you? Yeah, from Badger. And then um, we donated one to the Sock F mm-hmm. auction last year. And we have two. I literally set them aside to donate this year, and I missed the deadline. <sighs> and so I felt like an idiot. Um, so sorry about that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I know that the... A one last year at Sock F, I think it went for seven hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, that's um, cool. Which is super awesome. I love seeing it. Um, we try and donate to good charities when it happens. Um, yeah. So. yeah, I definitely see the support out there. So that's really cool to see yeah. from like you know because it's it's consistently. It's not just like here and there. It's like we see we see them popping up quite a bit. So. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I, I I really like that. I think the first time. Weren't y'all like watching for a drop one time at work? I was. And were y'all like, I got one? Probably the and dog. It, probably my Pineland dog bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Or or my V2 work knife when you guys brought those back. Yeah. yeah. And We've we went on to, with the V4 is the most them. recent. Yeah. The V4 is the most recent Pineland, and I think we're up to like 320 in the serial numbers. Yeah. Like, there's only 320 Pinelands out there, you know. Um, that's cool. Yeah. And I think that once the market kind of catches on to them, um, it's going to get kind of crazy. I saw somebody traded a Musashi Pineland and a, um, for a uh, Persian Pineland in the owner's group. <laughs> and two really great customers of ours uh, who have just been great, really supportive, 
from early on. And one guy was like, hey, I'm looking for a uh, Persian. I have this Musashi. And then they, they did the deal. And But to see in the comments, someone was like, which one or what's the serial numbers? And it turned out that the serial number on the Pineland uh, Persian was eight. Cool. <laughs> and I was like, you might want to hold on to that because I do think sooner or later it's going to take off. Yeah. Uh, maybe that. Well, maybe it won't. I don't care. Um, it, I think it's really great. I think it's, it's a one cool of those, project. I like think it's, it's one of those things that's been really fulfilling and interesting. That's yeah. cool. So, and you never know where it's going to go. Like we we uh, worked with Phil um, Swanson. To, Phil Swanson. Oh yeah. To uh, design um, a blem. Uh, a blem line, you know, mm. where where we can mark our, our crossbones. Mm-hmm. He uh, built out a logo for us, and um, so anything that's got a cosmetic, you know, there's nothing functionally wrong with it, but there's a, a cosmetic issue with it. Um, you know, we'll mark that as a as a crossbones, and now people now people like, are like they're like, oh, it's a crossbones that just came up for sale, and they got to have it, and so the secondary is just so crazy, yeah, so yeah. weird. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So where can people find you on Instagram? Yep, the internet. Instagram uh, Dauntless underscore Manufacturing. Um, our website is dauntlessmanufacturing.com. dot um, We sell most of our knives direct to consumer, although we dual brand and sell through other people sometimes. And uh, Facebook, we've got a page there. If you're an owner, join our owners group. There's my plug. Yeah, you guys are already in it, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're on TikTok. I am on TikTok. Oh, look at you. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Hey, we're on TikTok. Yeah, I fix and follow you on TikTok. Oh, nice. Dauntless Manufacturing, I assume. I think so. Some variation. Are you on LinkedIn? Y- personally, yes. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're do trying you, to work. Do on you know how to use LinkedIn? Not really. Oh, okay. I'm working Chris on it. Chris does. Yeah. He's yeah. looking for a job. Oh. <laughs> I know who you were talking to last night, motherfucker. You were talking to. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> Don't make him. I've already, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I've already talked about a male issue right now, and he's going to ask me about that afterwards. Don't stress out any. Sorry. I was supposed to be quiet about that. I trusted you. <laughs> you cut my finger off right there. I'm like, That's what I get for talking about somebody else. Pull out some John Wick. So yeah. let me go follow you on TikTok right now. Well, thank y'all for coming out, man. This yeah, was really cool you to having us. sit yeah. down and nerd out on some knives for a little bit. <laughs> I know Ian's over there living his best life. Yeah, it's been a good day. Yeah, yeah one of four. Looked at new revolvers and talked about knives. Like, all right, yeah. I'm going wait, to bed wait, after this. Who, who's revolver? Uh, the new Smith J-Frame. Oh, man. Oh, we were just, we. It's it, hot. If you're watching this podcast and you're interested in revolver classes, we're going to have DB. Hopefully. At the range soon. Hopefully. Who? Nice. Daryl. Daryl Blokey. Oh, okay. Blokey. I th- you said DB. I thought DeBethancourt. I don't know if I've <laughs> ever taken with any revolver stuff with DeBethancourt. He's pretty good. Yeah, we're, we, it was cool to hang out and talk about the new revolver yeah. Yeah, with nice. Daryl yeah. on the floor. And he's like, oh, Chris. How about? Yeah, so it was cool. I now follow you on TikTok. And if you've been listening to this very ADHD podcast today. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> I really appreciate you following us and, and tuning in to wherever you're listening to this at. Leave us a review. Drop a comment in the comments on YouTube, please. And if you haven't already followed them, check out Dauntless Manufacturing on all the internets. All of them. Yep. All the internets. All and what season and what episode it's of Fortune Fire? Season 8, episode like 40, but it's the fan's choice, the 200th episode. Okay. Yeah. 
on Netflix right now, yep. I believe. You can find that. So, dudes. Yeah. So glad I met y'all last night and and we actually got to sit down and talk. Yeah. Uh, where we weren't crowded and yeah. being harassed by people. Talking so, over everyone around. Yeah, talking yeah. over everyone, <laughs> especially Paul from Dead Bird, that dude. That guy. <laughs> Gosh, he just keeps on talking. <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching and tuning in. Don't grab my spider. <laughs> or by the blade. Now I know why it was so confusing. <laughs> Be careful out there. Uh, <laughs> hit the, hit no, the I'm with my hands. <laughs>